Hello and welcome back. This is episode 46 of the Nonsense Podcast by What Makes Sense. This week we have on Cody Ritchie from Goalkeeper. He plays drums in Goalkeeper. He is also uh, one of the most uh, happy people I've ever met. I think that's the way I would describe it. Um, Cody's just an absolute ball of energy. Great dude. And surprisingly, the last member of Goalkeeper that I have had the uh, the op- or the chance to talk to, really. And, um, you know, I, I'd spoken to Mark when we played a show with them, and I'd spoken to to Ryan when we were playing with them, but I never got a chance to actually sit down and speak in person with Cody. So this is my first time actually speaking directly to him beyond, you know, just general connections on social media. So that was really cool. Um, his cat makes a cameo. His cat is cute as hell. So this was a really fun interview. And uh, um, so really the reason we had on Cody was Goalkeeper is releasing a reimagined version of their hit single, Black and Blue. And uh, so that is actually out today. We had the privilege of having Cody on for the sole purpose of uh, being the first podcast to announce that they have this single out. And so they also have a corresponding music video. And please go check that out. It's really cool. Uh, You know, it has a a certain aesthetic and certain ambiance to the video that uh, I really liked. And I really loved what they did with their song Black and Blue in the uh, reimagined version of that. So at the end of this episode... We actually have just the original version of Black and Blue to give you a taste of what that is. And then after that, I strongly encourage you to go and, uh, you know, make your way to Spotify or Apple Music, however you consume your music, and then also go to YouTube and watch the video too. It's a really cool video. Um, so again, that's Goalkeeper Black and Blue Reimagined. And so uh, before we get into the episode, I just want to say that uh, this week's Song of the Week is divine connection by our friends in real talk if you've listened to any of these episodes you know we're very very good friends with them we've had a long relationship with them and uh, over the past year i think it's you know pretty pretty much strengthened and so um man they're putting out a great body of work currently and so they just had burnt orange came out and then uh their next song which is arguably my favorite song by them is divine connection there's also a music video with it and if you love dogs if you love corgis this is the perfect music video for you but um as just sort of an intro to the episode here is divine connection by real talk and then we're going to head right into the episode with uh cody to interview him about all the happenings with goalkeeper so enjoy the episode and we'll see you next week I'm just excited because, like, with this episode, it's like we're completing the goalkeeper trilogy. Yeah, it's like the hat like trick. This... Somebody's called it the goalkeeper hat trick before. So, yeah, because oh, cool. we now officially have had the pleasure of talking to all three of you. It's awesome. This is super cool. And I think the last time we actually talked or, like, saw each other, you said at Mark's house, right? January, January. 2020. Man, like, 
<laughs> a different time. Like, right? If only we knew. Rainbows and looking up. Not to say, you know, we don't have any sunshine and rainbows now, but like, god damn, what a different time. It's, yeah, everything's been turned turned on its head. And like, I, I wish I had I cherished sleeping on Mark's floor a little bit more than I had. <laughs> yeah, it's a special place, especially with these dogs. I had the couch. I can't complain. Uh, yeah. Nice, nice. You were. I'm actually not allowed to sleep there. My um official spot is the dog bed with Smiley because it's more comfortable on <laughs> the floor, and then Ryan has to take the couch. Obviously. I think. Uh, I think when we stayed there, it was either Dylan from Real Talk or Jake, the drummer who was with him at the time, mm-hmm. slept in the dog bed. It was one of the two of. Or they might have both slept in dog beds. It looks comfy. It looks I think it was both of them. We were um. We were in the studio this last weekend, just putting some demos down, and uh, I did, in fact, spend the last weekend on Mark's talk bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a wow. Place. Yeah, Things are well, it is, it's comfy. It, it does the it does the job. Mm-hmm, absolutely, he's got a guest bedroom now, so I mean, like, at least he has that. Well, one of the things I'm excited about it seems that every time I get you guys on is because you're releasing something new and amazing. So the last time was right before we had Ryan on and we were talking about uh I think it was right before we re- either right before or right after you released Happy. Mm-hmm. And uh this will come out after from what I'm being told from what we worked it out. So this time you're on to talk about the reimagining of black and blue. Yes. Which Mark Mark gave me the privilege of seeing the video and listening to the song and it's I it, it's fantastic. I think people if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. It's really amazing, and I, I think it's I think it was really smart. I think it's cool, and I'm I'm really excited with it. Thank you very much. I just have to say, be like being friends with Mark. It feels like we're actually like media people. Like we're actually in the press because he's like, guys, like here, don't tell anybody I sent this to you, but like here's a little bit of like what's coming up, and and we eat that shit up. Like we love that. So he's like, be our release. Like talk about it. Like you're you're our alt press nonsense. Yeah, I'm like we're we're just you know two dudes, and like Mark's like, hey man, uh, you want to talk about this? I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Why not? Yeah, that's um that's one of the great things and one worst things about Mark. Um, before Life in Slow Motion was out. And this is the side. We'll get to the reimagined version in just a second. But um, well, we played with this band in Rochester, New York, and Mark really liked them. So, like, he kept up with them and, like, you know, they buddy-buddied for a little bit. One of them eventually hit up Ryan. I was like, yo, dude, what's up? How you been? Mark sent me the new record. I love it. And Ryan's like, I do not know this man that well. Why does he have to do that? So Mark has a habit of doing that kind of stuff, which is he sent it to me. I heard it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly my point. Yeah, well, kudos. You know, more people listen to it, you know, the better. But um, so so black and blue reimagined, right? You know, so um, definitely a total different vibe, which is awesome. Yeah. On its head, and um, I remember when we went to the studio for that. Went to Gradwell House with uh, Nick Fermino. That's my cat walking by. Bobo. The famous cat. Yeah. I'm so glad the cat's been able to join. Cat. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is my little dude. He's the best. We have that is club. the cutest cat ever. Yeah. A fun fact. Um, he inspired nothing at all because we um we needed another song to write for the studio before we went in the studio. And um I was trying to think of something. He's cross-eyed. So the first um no. the first few lines in that song is like uh, um I've been living like I'm cross-eyed, like I'm tongue-tied, like I'm stuck inside for days. And that's back when I first brought him in. It's like, would let him go outside for fleas and whatnot. So I was like, yeah, why not? 
So that song's about my cat. Uh, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting too because uh, Ryan, when he was on, was saying that you and him kind of like tag team the lyrics. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's get into, I want to make sure we get into uh, Black and Blue Reimagined. And then right after that, I'm going to put a pin in this. Let's talk about your role in the music writing of Goalkeeper because I think that's super interesting as like a drummer. Thank you. This is but, why Aaron yeah. runs the show. He keeps us organized. Where it's like, <laughs> I'm going to ask this question. Oh, wait, I forgot to ask well, that well, question. Aaron, if you want to do that, please, 100%, because I can <laughs> myself really, really quickly. Uh, and I'll make it easier. <laughs> cool. Awesome. I'm glad I'm not the only person. Um, yeah, so black and blue. What do you want to know? I'll tell you everything. Dude, all right. So let's get into, because um, I, think, I think I understand the reimagined part of it, because this goes beyond just acoustic so i want you to explain to everybody listening you know what why this reimagined version is so special yeah, absolutely so um you're right the first thing that uh, we want people to know is that it's more than just acoustic um we were at a point in quarantine where it we just needed something to do you know we were sitting on our hands you know burning and we had to figure out what to do with the energy so the record label i said hey, let's um let's get some people on the label to do some like acoustic songs and we're like awesome that's great i'm a sucker for acoustic songs in the first place so anything that way makes me really happy and then um we started thinking about it and uh if you're familiar with the wonder years they did burst and decay which is imagined mm-hmm. versions of a lot of their songs and um i thought to myself yeah that's that's kind of like the vibe we want to go for because i am a prominent member of this three-piece band and i would not be taken out by an acoustic track you know so <laughs> yeah. Um, we were talking about it and we all really, really dug the vibe of Burst and Decay, which just so happened to be done by Nick um, when he was working at the uh, the Lumberyard base. And he, he um, we did Screwdriver with him back about a while ago. So um, we decided, we like, you know what? If we we're going to do this acoustic track, we might as well go full bore and see what we can get from it. So we hit him up, marked him up, and um, we we used to schedule a date just to see what we can really pull from it. And we we're like, we don't know we're going to get from it at all. Now, I remember driving up that day and I was like, yeah, I don't know how this is going to start. I don't know how it's going to end. But um, I remember thinking to myself, like, I really want the first course just kind of be like, maybe just simple guitar and some bass drum just doing that. Bam, bam, bam. And that's kind of the only idea I had about it. And then so we got into the studio. Nick was like, what do you have? And we were like, nothing. And he was like, that's cool. Awesome. And then we got into the live room and just kind of um, vibed it out. Mark started playing. We played the real version first, just to, so everyone could be familiar with it. And then we were like, what do we want to take away? What do we want to add? How are we going to reimagine this thing? You know. And then um, we told him how much we appreciated Burst and Decay's influence on this. He was like, okay, so let's go with that. And we just, I mean, first off, Nick is awesome. He's so cool to work with. And, like, he just knows what the fuck he's doing. And um, so... Uh, we immediately got into it, especially in our genre. I like being in Mano. I'm sure he's got like mm-hmm. pop, like pop punk's like second nature. Yeah, and especially that acoustic pop punk because Mano definitely threw their uh, their 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 the wing on that with um, oh, God, love your friends die laughing for sure. Yeah, the most popular <laughs> song ever. Um, yeah, so that's how it came about. That was really just like a a big joint collect effort between goalkeeper and and Nick, and then. When we had it done, uh, he was wondering, you know, what else we would have done to it. And we were like, the works, dude. Like, give me that hoagie, man. Put lettuce, tomato, onions, sweet peppers, hot peppers, <laughs> the whole fucking deal, dude. Um, so he, um, he has a band 
he does called Casa Loma, if you're familiar with it. It's like a side project. Um, and the vibe is much different than Menno, and it's piano, strings. It, it's it's very, like, relaxing, man, you know? Um, so so he was like, yeah, the guy who did all the, the, the arrangements on that record, he, he's, dude, he's my man. You got to get him on this track. And we were like, dude, why not? Absolutely. So um, he threw the strings on there and threw the piano. His name's Nate Sanders. Awesome. Um, so yeah, he did the first, he did like one take through it. They sent it back our way. And we we're like, yes, this is sick. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> and uh, that's basically like how it went from being just an idea to the, the reimagined thing it is now. Right on. What made you guys pick uh, Black and Blue to do? Um, honestly, it was the next single. It was the, the next thing that we had on our plate because we have five songs on Life in Slow Motion. Uh, Happy came out, introduced it. Just Say came out with the record, somewhere close. And then Graveyard actually came out with the record. Um, so the next thing was either Black and Blue or This Is Fine, which might lead you to think we might do something with This Is Fine. Who knows? I don't know. I just play it. I, I would die and go to heaven if you guys do something for that song. I, think I love that, the hook in that song. That is the, uh, you know, the cute baby at the end of the line that you're kissing as a politician. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is this is what is going to take me far. Yeah. Yeah, I love on this is fine like that, that I'd rather fall asleep. Like that whole part is just, it's, Dude, it's really, I like that a lot. I've almost gotten so many speeding tickets to that song. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know, um, you have to blame Mark. That song almost didn't make the record. Um, that's, you know, something we can jump on. Uh, wow. But um, yeah, that song almost didn't make it. I'm super glad it did because that was one of my contenders. It's actually funny when he sent me the record before it was out and I was just like, he was asking like my opinion. I was listening through mm-hmm. and I was like, I actually think that like, this is fine. was like the one I wrote back to be like, yo, I really like, this is fine. Like that was the one I goes, you would pick that one. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's the one I did like. And I was like, man, like I really love that hook. Like that, I, like that's like my style pop punk, yeah. like that. Like mm-hmm. there was like a, a, a level of levity to it, mm-hmm. but like, it's also like yeah. really serious at the same time. So I was like, right, right where I like it. State champs and kind of like a wonder years kind of vibe. You know, and um, that's like the first time we did those blast beats, the D beats, whatever you want to call them. And like, I remember that being a f- definitive moment because that set a lot up for what future goalkeeper can be. And so did Life in Slow Motion. Life in Slow Motion did so much for us because we're going from BTDL, which was sunshine and chances, you know, which kind of feels not cartoony, but like, you know, that's a different style. So we, we, um, we definitely took more of the emotional edge with Life in Slow Motion. And I remember with This Is Fine, we're thinking to ourselves, like, if we put out this kind of song, we can do these things in the future. And our fans, uh, people who like your music, they'll they'll be like, yeah, this makes sense. You know, they did This Is Fine, and they want to keep that and make it make sure it's an integral part of, our, like, the music we put out. Because one thing we never want to do is, like, lose that edge. And that song definitely has the edge. Along with Black and Blue, which I think... Um, and the reason why I think it works best for the the, uh, the reimagined version is I think it has the most emo- emotion in the song that we haven't touched as mm-hmm. a band as goalkeeper because I bring it back to the sunshine. It's a love song, you know. You're in my sunshine on a cloudy day, baby. You know, so yeah. to um to bounce to something that's like um feel the weight of the world crushing my shoulders, and, you know, starting to think my life might really be over. Uh, it's that's a completely flipped version. So if we're gonna reimagine anything, we might as well go from like. You know the goalkeeper. You know to 
and a whole, a whole other side of us. I think, uh, and M- Mark may have talked about this. Mark Ryan talked about this. Maybe it was Mark um, when we had him on uh, eons ago. That was almost a full year ago. And uh, it was probably last year, May. How crazy is that? I know. <laughs> and, uh. and so he was saying, he's like, this, it's, it's the same goalkeeper. It's just, you know, us at a more, uh, you know, a, a different point in our life and like you know a little bit mature and uh a little bit more introspective mm-hmm. and um i think now you guys also have you know kind of this this big platform of people listening in your music and um you know you guys really digging deep down into your own hearts i think resonates with a lot of people and obviously you know the the numbers don't lie like it, it all shows too and um you guys have a very engaged I think fan base, at least from what I'm able to see as an outsider. And so like, that's really cool that um, you, you know, you took a little bit different of an approach to songwriting Mm -hmm. where, you know, it's, it's not, you know, not all the songs on this are, uh, you know, always like a, what would I say? You know, kind of like a a happy anthem, Mm -hmm. you know, these are all like very serious, like touching, you know, serious subjects, but, it's it's still the same goalkeeper and they're all like still awesome songs and and they're still anthemic in their own right yeah and they're all they're they were all anthems there's like if you just released all of those as singles no one would bat an eye (laughs) yeah yeah and like black and blue too like i think another reason it really worked well with the reimagining is the way that like the vocals come in on it it's just very like that that's a really awesome run of that life is long distance. And I just sang yeah. that super atonal, but like, yeah, like, like the lyrics are really good. He's got like a really good run there and it comes into that chorus and that chorus is almost, I know Ryan like really is uh, influenced by country and it's got almost like that. Like I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Like that's got a kind of like a country feel, but it's like still very punky and anthemic. Yeah. And I, but it shines through the influences more on the reimagined version. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. You mentioned that country vibe. Cause I remember when we first wrote it, um, to make a long story short, uh, I was supposed to come down for a writing weekend at Ryan's. And when I got down there, he knew that I had a few things to show him. And he told me on the phone, he's like, dude, I got fucking so much stuff, duh, written. <laughs> and I got to his house that morning. He was like, dude, I have. I wrote this this morning when I woke up. I think it's pretty good. What do you think? And he showed me the first line of black and blue was I woke up again, feeling the life in slow motion or feeling stuck in slow motion. Um, I reached for the words, but I don't feel emotion, whatever it is. Anyways, he thought of those two lines right then. And a, at first I was like, wow, this is awesome. Thank you, Ryan, for doing so much hard work. You're so cool. Um, and secondly, <laughs> I like your beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we ended up running through that song with a country style in mind. Cause he really likes country. And then, that's why I thought of I didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, because like you can almost hear it like in that style. Yeah. But like it but you didn't do it in that style right. and it's perfect. And then Mark also alludes to it with that he does that um that lead in it. I think it's I can tell you guitar because I'm not a guitar guy, but it's like maybe the bluesy or something in it. He does like some weird thing in the chorus where he always goes on about it because he's like super proud of himself for doing it. But um I definitely think when we went about this record, um, Ryan and I were different spots too, because like we mentioned earlier, Ryan and I are the writers for this band, and um, we we definitely wanted to 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 dive deeper into emotions or like just basically even like taking the band more seriously and like really becoming 
artists. I don't know <laughs> what you'd call it, but um, we wanted to go from writing songs about uh, girls and getting high and and, um, <laughs> and breakups to like you know what's actually going on in our lives. So I remember, mm-hmm. I remember he um he pulled me aside one day when we were on a tour in like September or something, and he looked at me and he was like, "Yo, dude, I think I have like a concept I really want to run with," and the concept was like. I just want you to be happy, which is one of the main lines from the song Happy, which um, I think that kind of propelled the rest of how we viewed the rest of the record. Um, Because that line, I think, kind of says a few different emotions, you know, whatever you want to take from it. I don't really like to give like exact meanings to to lyrics, but I'm sorry, my cat's flying around in the background. Anyways, um, I just want you to be happy. You felt like it was a, a... a deeper emotion than something like you're my sunshine on a cloudy day you know this is not like lovey dory this is like hey i'm gonna love you if you have to go and leave for months and come back i'm gonna love you get to you whatever it is you know so or or you know breakups and whatever it might be so um anyways with this record we decided to take that chance we're like yeah we're gonna be much more serious about this and me and ryan set our egos aside and we're like what do you want to write about what are you feeling why are you sad i'm so sad we're both sad <laughs> you know <laughs> and, um, and we just put it it's cool though because you could theme it back to like I'm sad but I want you to be happy yeah like it's, I think it's great to put a theme especially in lyrics for an album absolutely and that's I think um, one of the biggest things about Wives of Emotion is that it feels like one congealed piece like collection all the songs kind of run together and they all feel like they should be together there's a common theme throughout them so like it doesn't feel like anything's out of left field Oh yeah, agreed yeah. too. And uh, I think, like you know, if I were to put, if I were to try to boil down everything on that album mm-hmm. and condense it into one thought, which is impossible, but like one of the things, one of the themes that comes out is like, look, some things in life suck, but you know, this right here, this doesn't have to. Yeah, this is fine. Exactly. Yeah, this is fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things that we've always tried to do is um, Mark loves this word. I'm going to say it. So, Mark, if you're listening, you um, levity of the situation. We've always, yeah. yeah, that's a big thing for us, because when we first started, I remember a lot. I remember a lot of the bands in our scene were just like atypically sad and not like not like sad for a reason. Not like hey, this is true emotion. It was more like this is what's popping off let me ride the coattail and we're like you know that dude what i'm not that sad girl broke up with me and i'd like to drink a lot but like i'm not like that sad you know? <laughs> yeah. so, you guys are a lot better at the levity than i am but i love like music and like levity and music is my favorite thing yeah. like the wonder years have a good level of it absolutely um mm-hmm. but i mean you and you and you and ryan have a great level of it i mean I, I, you look at black yeah. and blue alone uh Life is long distance, but I'm out of shape. Like that's yeah. a brutal line, but there's so much. But you can't help but get like a smile and kind of chuckle about it because it's a great, right. it's it's a funny, great but sad line. Yeah, it rides it rides that uh, that fence line really, really, uh, really easily. And I'm yeah, talking about that, he's really good with taking concepts and um, it's a relatable metaphor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the one of the things we keep in mind so much is like um. Just relatability because it, I mean, in the end, you know, these are our songs, absolutely. But like, we're sharing them with everybody, you know. And and um, one thing we think about, like, how can I say this to where it still means the same emotion that I want to, you know, 
put into the world, but also other people can relate to it because I mean, that's what it comes down to. I can't, I can't tell you how awesome it is. And I'm sure you guys have seen this sometimes as playing with musicians, like you get on a show and some, maybe somebody just listens to your stuff online and they hit you up and they're just like, yo, this is what I needed. This is, this is the, yeah. got me through uh, this day, this random Tuesday, you know? And like it's little things like that, that completely keep goalkeeper very geocentered toward positivity and just knowing like you can write the saddest song, but you're still going to write another song. And then that one's going to be, you know, happy again. And it's something that anyone can relate to. Like anyone, no matter who you are, what you do, what you feel like you can sit down and relate to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The big thing about goalkeeper. We like to relate with people. Yeah. Um, so for everybody listening, excuse me, I just pulled up the uh, definition of levity. So we could have it. Very good. <laughs> Thank you, Merriam-Webster. All right, everybody. It is humor or frivolity. Friv- oh, my God. Frivolity. Is that? Oh, I had never used that word. Yeah. You um, better marry him that one, too. Especially <laughs> the treatment of a serious matter with humor or in a matter lacking due respect. Yeah. Uh, as an example, as an attempt to introduce a note of levity, the words were a disastrous flop. It's basically so, sarcasm in metaphors. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that's right so, in a definition. Like, they should put a picture of his face right next to levity. Yeah. That's how he handles everything. But like, it's, it's, I think it's it's one of my favorite tools in music. Like, it's, uh, uh, man, I'm trying to think of a good one. I don't, I don't know. I got lost in my own house. I'm trying to think of a good one I use. But you guys, you guys are, you guys use far better ones than I do. Like even this is fine. Thank you. I'd rather fall asleep on a couch soaked in gas with a cigarette on a couch soaked with gasoline. I mean, there's so much levity in that line alone. <laughs> How about just like Blink 182? Work sucks. I know. Dude, like, have you ever talked to Ryan about that line? No, I haven't. Yeah. What, what's his? Uh... Yeah, I'm almost tired of hearing it. I could probably tell it. Was- <laughs> oh my god, my dad worked for a radio station, and when I was younger, I went to different DJ things. And like, dude, he he went to this DJ party with his dad because his dad was a DJ for a little bit, and he played Blink 22. And he said every time he brings up this song, I'll tell you what, I've never seen anybody ever go off like I've seen. Work sucks, I know. Everybody relates to that. You're a little kid. You're an old 23-year-old grandpa. Everyone knows work sucks. I'm- Dude, if you, if you go to like a bar mitzvah and they play that, there's like 11-year-old kids going, work sucks. I know. I'm like, what the fuck? Then 10 years later, they're like, wow, I, I take that line for granted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know you're pointing. I don't know why. I remember when that cannon. was like. That was on like now. That's what I call music, yeah. like four or something yeah, like that. Exactly. And, that's like, you. Ryan told you the story. That's literally where he got it from. It, it was yeah. CD. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yep. Yep. Well, I like to sneak this into any podcast I possibly can. If you see Mark, make fun of him for this fact. Um, he almost got lacrosse tattooed across his back. No. He was a he was a lacrosse star, dude. He went to Europe once to play lacrosse. Because he was so get out. Why is he never told us? Because this? he's probably ashamed of it, dude. He almost got lacrosse across his back. Oh no! Yeah, oh man, no, I gotta, just, I gotta talk to him about play that. Some lacrosse, bro, dude. I should yeah. get, I should get skiing tattooed across mine. We can go see who's better, him or lacrosse or me at skiing. Maybe we'll get it together. Yeah, oh, that'd be cute. <laughs> A little lacrosse spoon with one. I bet 
I bet they called him like mid calf Mark or something. He probably wore like Nike mid calves all the time. He had a, um, he had a, a goatee back then. So I mean, I'm sure that was done in there too. Oh, I think yeah. we, I think I've asked but, this to all of you, but were you all goalkeepers at one point was, in time? At one point, I don't know if Mark and Ryan were. I can't remember, but I definitely was a goalkeeper because I was the fat kid on the soccer team. And that was yeah, me but, too. Wait, I don't think I've ever asked. Uh, and we've been talking to you guys since last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to like. At least one of you guys, I feel like, once a month. Um, and Cody, actually, interesting enough, I was thinking tonight, I was like, I have actually never talked to you in person. You were the one member of Goalkeeper. I don't think I it's got a nice chance to talk to that yeah. night. But I didn't um, get to talk to you much either. That's funny. I don't think we've talked in person either. Well, like, swimmingly so far. Yeah. Uh-huh. Weird, right? <laughs> and, and so, like, what is behind the Goalkeeper name? How did you guys land on that? Fucking luck. Um... We were throwing some names <laughs> in the group chat when trying to figure it out, which also another thing we agree on goalkeeper is if you can't figure out with your bandmates what the band name is within the first few days, you're probably off to a really, really bad start. Yeah, that's rocky. <laughs> yeah. So we're going through some stuff and um Aaron's like, at least you got a choice. I came into this. <laughs> <laughs> I was adopted. That's okay. You know what? At least you just feel the love. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. Yeah. Um so we were throwing some names around and it's somewhere like really pretentious, like Crestwood and like, you know, Boomerang Man or some stupid shit like that. But like, that's pretty sick. Boomerang Man is also um, my side uh, metal project. If you guys want to join, I just made it up right now. I wasn't going to think metal. I immediately started thinking like Boomerang is going to be like, I don't know, 90 skate punk, just super fast oh, in your yeah. face, like, like propaganda. Yeah, we have to go to Australia to record it though. Because we can get the chats on there. You ever heard the chat? I'm in. Yeah, the chats are fucking sick. A C D C C D. You know that song? Oh yeah, bro. If what, you what's, if... what's their big song? I'm uh I'm on. Uh, I what's can't it? remember what it is, but we were listening to them over the weekend. I'm on blah blah. I was trying to think that the other day, and he's like, Dude, the chats are the the weirdest. They're like a mullet smoke... the band. Yeah, what's it? Smoke. Uh, I'm on smoke up. something. Oh my god, it's bothering me. If you ever want to do like a skate punk in your face, like punk band, like Good Riddance, I got you covered Smoke-o. on the vocals. Smoko. I'm on Smoko. Yeah, that <laughs> that dude. I can't believe they blew up with that. Like that is genius. That's like oh my god. That is the uh, the jackass movie of songs. Like you just you did it. And you gave the people what they wanted, and they they love it. They definitely don't want any more than just that, but you're gonna keep giving it to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's a, that's a genius song. Yeah. Just like he's like, I was talking to the guy, and he was like, I'm on Smoko, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you. Have you heard the chats, Adam? I have not. I didn't realize it was an actual band it, until it, you guys started talking about them. I mean, more. Like band is a very like. Um, Lightly sprinkled on word. So they're like garage. They're a gang. Garage. Yeah, like a gang. They're a gang. Yeah, they're a collective. Dude, Australian gang. Like wallabies and stuff, probably. But, but yeah, they're, dude, just, they're just drunk all the time, smoking and that's cool. to, making, making something. <laughs> to your point, they are. Uh, if a bleached bullet found a uh, bass guitar <laughs> and some other instruments, they, they would, you know, that's what happened. Yeah. That's like the evolution but yes um we will join your your metal band boomerang man Thank you. i am 110 percent in nice 
Um, we did get derailed. I kind of actually, I figured where that point was going. Where were we? Yeah, I know. Honestly. <laughs> we were talking about how you got the name Goalkeeper. Right. Yes. Yeah, with Darren Ryan group chat. And Ryan said. See that? Up? The random one remembered that. Nice. Proud of you. <laughs> um, right, yeah. We was, it was sports metaphors. And Ryan was like, yeah, modern baseball is cool. Knucklebuck is cool. But, like, we need a sport. And he was like, Goalkeeper. And I was like, sounds like a man I am to me. That's one word. He was like, yeah, that's cool. Mark was like, this is sick. So, yeah, that's how we got it. It was that easy. I think uh, the basketballs would have been a cool one, too. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Uh, you know, I think you guys could have done a little bit better, to be honest. <laughs> still- Our story is not that great. Uh, please. I'd love to hear it. It's just literally, a, a, I was listening to a song, but I was listening to Just Friends by Panamento. Nice. Yeah. And he's like, we're just friends. That seems to be what makes sense. And at the time, it was just me and Avery. Uh... And I was like, hey, Avery, we're just friends doing what makes sense. Let's call our band What Makes Sense. Dude, that's cool. That's a really cool story. So that's how What Makes Sense came to be. Yeah, I think I was in the bathroom at work, and Ryan was like, goalkeeper. I was like, yeah, this is cool. Much cooler. That's an awesome. By the way, Just Friends at Pedimento is a sick song. My band name is a testament to that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> you'll, you'll never listen to it the same way again. No, absolutely not. I'm going to hear it in Adam's face. Like, yeah, what makes every time I, I, hope, I hear I like, hope it's his face. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I, I feel like uh, every time I'm on like a work call now and somebody's like, oh, that that's uh, that's what makes sense, you know, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like no dollar in our pocket, but you know, not really. <laughs> My favorite thing is like somebody's like, "Oh, that makes a lot of sense." And I look at him like, "What makes sense?" You're like, "Don't you throw that a lot in there? It's not allowed." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you put some are? respect on my name. <laughs> Come on, I need that nickel. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, Cody, uh, I wanted to ask. I know you know one of your duties is obviously a. Uh, drummer in that band that is called goalkeeper you also uh you know i've heard around the block and through the grapevine that you also at times write songs for them but um you know some of my uh inside sources have also told me that you are a uh, chef for the band as well so uh let's get into that like you know what's up with that and and the what makes sense grill master asking the goalkeeper chef if he's a chef if you guys ever need a bbq king that's me. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it down. Dude. Yeah. I, I need tips. Yeah. I need tips. Um, so basically, I don't have any tips for you, but because um, I'm really more of a, uh, I'll say, like a gorilla army uh, when it comes to, 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 to cooking. <laughs> we make it good in the end. You don't question the process, but it, it's done. Anyway, <laughs> I spent four years in high school uh, in a vocational, a vocational school, and um, I, I did culinary as my major in high school. And, um, I spent four years just figuring out I was hungry. Like I have no <laughs> desire at all for cook. And um, immediately out of high school, I went to college for radio, TV, film, and communications. So um, I have four years of cooking knowledge and expertise, and um, I do not use it at all except to impress Mark and Ryan. <laughs> That's amazing. So. Uh... What are like your top five go-to dishes if you're like really trying to impress somebody? Because I'm sure you've got all of the, you know, like the general stuff down. Things that I would probably think are difficult, like, you know, making chicken the right way. But like, what is like, if you're trying to level up? Yeah, in so a night, my, you know? my specialties usually are um, uh, cereal a la bowl. 
Uh, that's that's a good one. I've uh, I think you know I, I have friends who went to France and had that. Oh, so like, really? Wow. Delicacy. Yeah, delicacy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have to get it on the cereal aisle. It's it's in small. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the next one would be probably grilled cheese. That's also my specialty. Which let's let's not knock grilled cheese. There's a lot you can do. Have you ever put like uh, chopped up like cherry tomatoes in there? Yeah, absolutely. Or even just any tomato. Yeah, tomatoes, oh bacon, pesto, garlic, butter inside there's a lot you can do with grilled wow. cheese i like grilled cheese um wow i know um i don't really think i have any specialties as far as that goes like i work at a um uh it's kind of like a wawa do you guys you guys obviously understand what a wawa is oh we know wawa. Oh, hey, yeah. oh yeah you do we're not noobs here all right <laughs> i've been a wawa before guys <laughs> come on no insults <laughs> i've been like two I, I can't say i'm a veteran yeah um i went two this weekend Anyways, um, so my place is basically, it's called Bud's Market, but it's like a mom and pop store version of like Wawa, basically. So I make cheesesteaks and burgers and salads and knowledge all day long. But um, so I'll make a pretty mean cheesesteak. I do have to ask, um, what is your, what is your perfect cheesesteak? I ask this to most people. Ask Adam, man. I am, I'm out of the cheesesteak game. I, I, I have, I don't think I've ever had, I maybe have had one. What? So wait. No, that's a lie. Um, so, all right, I'll tell a quick story. I feel like My, I feel hold on, hold on. I feel like a Philadelphian asking a New Yorker about their favorite cheesesteak is like a New Yorker asking anyone else about pizza. <laughs> just like he's just waiting to tell us we're wrong. <laughs> I like the right cheesesteak for sure, but basically, you said the worst thing possible by saying you never had cheesesteak. That that's a lie, actually. Um, Explain. So. <laughs> and and he, I got to make this point too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Philly has such a jump up on, um, you know, sort of those. Uh, it's not always like a gas station, but you know, kind of yeah. those like food hubs that is Wawa. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the I is it convenience store? Is yeah, that how I would convenience? I mean, it's obviously in a in Oasis, but like you know, what is the actual tag on it? But um. Like New York doesn't really have that for actual like foods. Like you're not gonna go somewhere and be like, "Oh, the sub is amazing from like this gas station." We just don't. Ha- we're not at that level yet. But no one's getting um, a hard on over Cumberland Farms like they are for fucking yeah. Wawa. Yeah, they got coffee. Like, oh, cool. Like no one else has that. Um. Whoa. So yeah. Whoa, dude. Very sick. Um. <laughs> and so, uh, I did have a I did have a Philly cheesesteak. My um roommate's parents mm. i think his dad went to college somewhere in philly yeah. and so they were there and they're um they were like hey we're coming back because this was when we lived in jersey and they're like we're gonna stop by on our way back uh we got you philly cheesesteaks and i was like yes so last year was my first time having a philly cheesesteak right. i couldn't tell you where it was it maybe it was from like checkers or something like that which i know like uh definitely has created some arguments around the thanksgiving table in you know south jersey and uh philly areas but fucking checkers i think it was good i think it was it was it was a good uh it's a delicacy let me let me put it that way because we don't get that in new york it's just like not a thing i mean some restaurants be like yeah we're, we're serving a philly cheesesteak and i'm like just call it cheesesteak man we all know it's That's not the so same weird yeah just call it a cheesesteak when you say philly cheesesteak you start getting after the debate like okay but like what is the Philly cheesesteak? What is just a cheesesteak you get in Philly? Like, 
So I, yeah, well, like I think it's like the New York style pizza too. Like you go anywhere in the world, they're like New York style pizza. I'm like, it's not New York style because it's got different water. Yeah, yeah it's just, <laughs> just fucking pizza. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Cody, if you could explain to us if this is a thing, could you define what makes a Philly cheesesteak versus a regular cheesesteak? Hurts, man, but um, I looked it up. I googled it. I had to. okay. Um, I do. I. I think I'm ready to just leave this interview, to be honest. Uh, I didn't know I was talking to a liar the whole time. We got ourselves a fraud up in here. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> That's me. Um, also, really quick sidebar. I one time called a hoagie a sub online on goalkeeper Twitter, and I got destroyed. Somebody is a New Englander at heart. I got called. Oh, Mark called me. He was like, why did you do that? And I was like, what are you talking about? He said, it's not a Sub, you dumbass! It's a ho- you guys, you guys live in uh, the uh, the hoagie belt. I know that's where you guys live because uh, there's actually I've seen a heat map and basically it's only your area. Like where you what you're in Jersey, right? Yeah, South Jersey. So yeah, so yeah, South Jersey, Philly area, and maybe like a twenty mile radius around that mm-hmm. only area in the country that calls it like a hoagie. Yep. Maybe you'll get it in Connecticut sometimes, but like not as much as where you guys are. So you're in the hoagie belt. Yeah, absolutely. And calling it sub, especially for goalkeeper, which is a Philly band. Yeah, you guys wrote a song about Wawa and a hoagie. That was like the only lyrical contribution Mark has ever had in his life. I will say, if you want to get like the most like New York thing you can call a sandwich, mm-hmm. is a hero. I was going to ask. It's probably the most New York thing. Is like if you call it a hero, like you live in the Bronx and you've been there for fifty years. Why? Yeah. Like, what in the world? What business does it having? Did it save anybody? Is it saving anybody money? Is it a cheaper sub? Like it's. I more mean, if you're that hungry, that's what I'm saying, right? It's more syllables than sub. Just like you know, swallow your pride for a second. Right. Just call it a sub. Yeah, might as well call a hoagie just a hoag. You let me get that. <laughs> yeah, let me get that hoag. <laughs> We're gonna find out once this episode drops that like Cody's like on an indefinite hiatus from goalkeeper. They'll be like they kicked him out. <laughs> Listen, you just don't know what fuck to call a hoagie. Yeah, dude, it's the whole sub thing, man. I just don't think you fit the goalkeeper aesthetic. <laughs> vibe here. It's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be fun. You're, You're bad for the brand. <laughs> You're too Jersey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next, you're gonna tell me you don't like the Flyers. Who? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who? Where? I first, do you like have any alliance to any sports teams? And two, who are they? So, um, I um, I have an interesting perspective on this. I work at the Citizens Bank Park for the Phillies. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, obviously with COVID, things have been a little different. But um, I'm a cameraman and audio guy basically so i make sure i have like the mics and their mics on the right levels and people are going to the right things and if i'm working i'll get like camera shots to be broadcasted throughout the park um i don't know a single thing about the phillies ever <laughs> and and like when they called me for for the job because that's as i mentioned previously i went to school for communications ready to be filmed I knew someone in the three there who worked. Me too. Nice. Um, who 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 worked at the bank and he got me basically a position or a spot for the interview. 
when they're interviewing me, everything's going great, and they like my experience, and things are cool, and they're like, so, like, really quick about, um, just about sports, um, are you a fan? Like, the Phillies? <laughs> I was like, dude, I, everyone around me <laughs> likes sports so much, um, you know, I think, I think they're doing really good. Who was that, uh, oh, my God, who is the pitcher I said? Uh, it was like the pitcher in the 2008 game. I don't even know his name now because I worked his retirement party. Like I, I thought he was still on the team. And he was like, nah. Oh. nah he's been out for a long time, but that's cool. Great, you know. <laughs> I get, I mean, you know, a little more inclined, you don't know. But, um, yeah, so I didn't know anything about any of the sports, any of the players. And they were like, yeah, it's kind of better, so you don't freak out. My first day, I met AI, who was learning the first pitch. Whoa. Uh, I didn't know who he was. I was like, yo, Mr. AI, um, this is your mic. Then I gave him his mic <laughs> and walked away. <laughs> yeah, so my sports is very, very limited to um, only 2019 series for the Philadelphia Phillies. And that's what I like. Wow, that's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's funny because I was once in a similar position where Chase I was Utley. interviewing. Chase Utley. That is his name. What was that? Chase Utley, yeah, famous. He's yeah. You watched Always Sunny, and you're like, oh, who's, uh, Chase Utley, yeah. yeah. We be my dad. He was, he, he, his name came up a lot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I uh, I interviewed um for so the same company manages pretty much like the Brooklyn Nets and the uh, Long Island Islanders mm-hmm. or the New York Islanders. Um, and so I interviewed for them, but I don't really watch like uh professional basketball and I am not an Islanders fan. Mm. So I'm sitting in like a cafe at like an hour, two hours, so early, two hours before the interview, um, like downing coffee <laughs> and studying all the players names <laughs> and not once did they ask me anything about sports. Yeah. Not once. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're not. I think that's probably better, right? Like, if you're going to be in that environment, like, probably shouldn't be, like, fangirling over all. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what they actually look for. It's like, if you have, like, some sort of base knowledge of the sport, mm-hmm. you can learn about the players when that's time. Yeah. But, like, yeah, they don't want you to be like, dude, I'm a diehard Brooklyn Nets fan. Like, been watching them since they came back from Jersey. Like, no one's going to, yeah. They're not gonna hire you like that, dude. Like you're gonna be focused on the games. Yeah. <laughs> this like yeah, I interviewed like this like really high end golf course where like Tom Brady lives. And like the job I had would have been like parking si- like his, Silo his Ridge, car. right? Yeah. Dude. So like the job I had would have been like parking his car. Oh. <laughs> or like stuff like that. And like the guy's like, What do you think of celebrities? I'm like, I don't know, they're people. There you go. <laughs> and he's like good pe- he's like good answer. Absolutely. That's the dude, I think that's what I've met I've learned. Like being through through goalkeeper and you know on and, and younger I was I was really 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 into bands like the Wonder Years, Transit, Fireworks, smaller bands that like still felt like they were like real people, felt like you could meet them and that was attainable. And like just going throughout the years of playing and like kind of realizing what like music is and what music does and like what you can do with touring and and then who you meet and who you interact with as fans. It's like these people really are just people. And they just like yeah. really are just putting who they are to record and 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 that's why you end up falling in love with these people because like you relate with them on such a on such a level you know and when it comes down to it there's people speaking their minds that's the coolest part about music and they want to be treated like people too it's not like you know 
I've always tried to be like the not annoying fan. Like it, it happens sometimes when you meet people and you just have like a million questions and you want to get everything out, you know, and say everything in that moment. But I'm like, hold up. Like these guys are just, they're doing their job. Like don't fucking bother them. Just, you know, be cool with them, but don't overstep. Like they're, they're normal guys. Oversteps every time. I do too. I do too. <laughs> I'm a, I used to be that. I used to be the guy that's like, "Hey man, six set." Because I had no idea what to say, and they're like, "Yeah," and they walk by. Yeah, six set. Count by your snare, by the way. Yeah, I was, yeah. yeah. They're probably waiting for me to say that, but really, I was just trying to be like, "Hey man, like I'm a fan." I, I don't do that anymore. I'm better now. Yeah. <laughs> your music's important to me. Can you sign my forehead? I guess. I'm like, here's my tits. Sign away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've done that. Like, I've been, I've been so bad. Uh, oh yeah, I know. Like, yeah, I was there, one hundred percent. Fucking, uh, this band Plague Vendor, which is one of my favorite uh, bands. They're on Epitaph, and mm-hmm. um, I was just so weird around them. Like, their their drummer, he and I hit it off. We were very cool. Like, I had a cordial conversation with him. But when it came to lead singer, I just didn't know what the fuck to like say. Yeah. And I was just like, "Hey, man." thanks for coming to New York all the way from LA. Like, that's really cool. Like it's like, it isn't his job to like go on tour and stuff. Like, you know, he's not doing like, it. Like it was, a, like, it was charity that he came out, yeah, you know, I feel like anything you'd say, you're like, Hey man, thank you so much. Just like your socks are so cool. Yeah. So love what you do with your socks. Thank you. Those words you said up there. Right. I mean, they're, they're good. Hey, you sang. <laughs> I was, I guess you guys are based out of New York, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, are. Yeah, how are things up there? Do people, like, still play shows? You know, that's a uh, good question. We're actually putting together an acoustic emo night show, hopefully, fingers crossed, in June, yeah. um, if everything's okay with COVID. Like, in our particular area and county, it's doing 110% better than, Great. I like, a lot of the spots. However, New York City is, you know, yeah. that's just, it's really tough. There's a lot of people there. And so uh, it's going to, I think, take a while for the overall state to, uh, you know, open up a little bit more um, just because of that fact. Because, you know, you got to make sure everybody in the city is safe down there and you're not overstepping too quickly. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think well, actually starting on Thursday, I think, or maybe Friday, uh, music's going to be opening up back again. April 1st, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can have an actual live perform tomorrow, actually. So uh, that's cool. And so we figured um, we want to do something that's not going to be like too much of a heavy lift, especially yeah. if, uh, you know, if it's going to be a big event and there's, you know, COVID still like, you know, as bad as it is. I'm just like, going to get up there and cry on the mic and people are going to jam yeah. around. So we figured acoustic would be nice. There's not a lot of lifting, not a lot of loading in and mm. out. And um so yeah, we're doing an acoustic emo night. So we're gonna do some originals. We're gonna cool. do uh, some you know favorite covers of everybody, nice. and I'm really looking forward I'm to it. Gonna, gonna I'm gonna be look just at, like, I'm looking at a bunch of college kids and be like, "Hey, you over there?" And she could be like, "What?" And I'm like, "I got your picture." Yeah. <laughs> they will lose their shit. Yeah, yeah. So like that, uh, you know, because I'm I'm booking the show basically. I'm like you know dibs on that right. one but we're actually going to do like a little bit of a draft for the other songs i think because i'm sure there's going to be like somebody's going to be like i want to play Sh- uh sugar we're going down somebody else is going to be like i want to you know so we'll do like a snake draft and make sure everybody 
you know, it, it's a fair and democratic process. I think there's going to be like three or four bands. I really wanted to play uh, uh, Stuck in America by Sugar Cole because I fucking yeah. love that song. But I was like, no one's going to know it. You know, it's Mem- memory. You, all, memory. you know how Goalkeeper started? Have you ever heard this song? Were you a Sugar Cole cover band? We were the Pizzas. So we played oh. one show where my band was actually playing. That show was our last show. And the Pizzas opened because they needed Mark. Mark booked a show. He needed another band. And he was talking to Ryan. And they, those two missed shows. And they were like, let's just do a cover set in the beginning. And he was like, cool, yeah, why not? He's like, Cody's already playing. Do you want Cody to play the drums? I'm like, sure, hit him up. We're all friends. Which I was friends with Ryan. I introduced Ryan to Mark. And uh, he was like, yeah, wow. let's do a like, pop punk cover set. It's like called The Pizzas or something. And we're like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. Why not? And then we had our buddy Ian sing. Because Ryan wasn't singing just yet. But anyways, it's not important. Um, <clears throat> so we did Sugar We're Going Down, Memory by Sugar Colt, Newfound Glories, My Friends Over You, um, First Date by Blink. And then I think we did a Moose Blood song for some reason or something modern. I can't remember what it was. But um, but yeah, it was 1,000%. It's basically like the best pop punk songs you can think of. We decided to cover them. It was awesome. Really cool. That's yeah. so much cool. fun. Like, you, know, that, you know what idea involved. I want to throw your way? Because you guys have already done it. Is uh, I know some of my friends did like just that where they did like an emo night, you know, electric emo night or whatever. I know some people also did like uh, a karaoke emo night and had like a, a list of songs that they knew and people could come up and sing with them. We like, did a, yeah, that's all. We did a, we did an emo night back in my old band, one for the Braves. Mm-hmm. And we got a bunch of bands and we picked a band and we did a, like, we, we did it for Halloween. We pretended to be that. Band. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's so, all. like, we did, we did like, we did Newfound Glory. Nice. Oh, uh, dude, classic. What's the, um, uh, what's your favorite Newfound Glory song? Oh, man, that's such a hard question. We got a lot of stuff. They've been very big catalog. Okay. It could literally change from like day to day. Yeah. But, uh, oh, man, I got to think about that for a second. What about you, Aaron? Oh, yeah, shit. I, I was that's hard I was one. really big into them two years ago. I would have had something right off the top of the yeah. noggin. Um, Resurrection. Yeah. Well, no, that was the album. album. Uh, or is that a song? Um, Resurrection. I'm pretty sure is a song as well. I think it's the title. Give me, give me two seconds. I'm gonna pull it up. I'll, I'll find this. Yeah, they got risk. I want. I want to say it's dressed to kill, oh. but I. I know. No, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. It's better off dead. Ooh. Um. Shit, uh, it's escaping me right now. Uh, failure's not flattering. Yeah. That's catalyst. No, I, I love, I love better off dead because I just love that. Like, I, I, I just love like it, there's like it just, it's the essence of punk. It's like all over. It's like I think Jordan Pudnick definitely hit just not even just him. I would even say just the whole band have such a huge influence on how pop punk has gone and developed. Just like even in small ways, you know, even just like amazingly i was gonna say like better off dead's my favorite because i just love like that he's like so you've been going out for it's like it's really like done and like bouncy then he's like just because you can't hear what he said doesn't like it's just like there's like three different changes and they're all so catchy yeah they could all be their own hook Mm -hmm. and then like just ending on she says i'm better off dead it's just yeah something be very nostalgic over and i think for some reason symbol plan always falls in my mind too they're a little yeah, my favorite yeah. thing about Simple Plan is that they own their biggest song. They only wrote it that way so they could say "dick" on the radio. 
Really? Yeah. Like that's like a note. Like they were, he was saying, it's like we just really wanted to beat the censors. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> They're super, super huge in Canada. It's like, I mean, are they Canadian? Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Some points. Yeah. yeah. Ah, yeah, okay. They have them and Avril. They're, they're like Avril. They're, they're headlining. I don't know what a big stadium in Canada is, but like, dude, they're playing to like some a lot of moves. Like, they, Simple Plan's big over there, dude. That's sick. Man. They still keep I'm, up. They did Scooby Doo, man. Of course they're huge. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I would like to know how much money they made off of like the Scooby Doo, because uh, I'm sure they get a, a royalty check, you know, every time like that, or you know, a, a credit from royalty yeah. every time they do, or I guess a debit in this case, uh, you know, county, blah blah blah. Um, <laughs> so a de- a debit every time, you know, they get money every time that show probably airs That's with that. Goal though, like just find that one really really big movie and like yeah yeah I did I have one song in there. <laughs> You know, like Sugar like, Cult with Van Wilder. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. They have like four songs in there. Was it uh, Blink Winnie 2 when they were in American Pie? Yep. Or The Offspring? Or, awesome. dude, American Pie is some of the best catalog. Like, uh, yeah. Tracks. Insane. Oh, yeah. It's got like 20 songs on it or something insane. I saw like the list the other day and I was like, oh my God. Like, all of these bands were like, this was, it was either their early like just before prime or it was their prime mm-hmm. and i was like oh my god yeah. what a great list some teenager who's mad at their dad definitely on that, that is movie. your movie <laughs> yep. they're like you know what i've got this sound covered dude yeah yeah <laughs> i know exactly what i'm gonna be listening to for the next two to three years <laughs> that, like that's a genre right like i feel like american pie is a genre does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i can see yeah. that absolutely like you have want you bad by the offspring. Um, what is it? Is it Dumpweed? Like, what do you place in that? Then, they have a few songs. Yeah, they, all, sure they do. Yeah, and then like there's another movie. Um, God, what is it called? I can't even remember. But Fall Out Boy was in it, and I remember they did a specific wow. about like it's, oh, uh, Sex Drive. Sex Drive. Yeah, 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 dude. That um, there was a huge spot in just like in pop culture where pop punk was ingrained. You know, and yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's why a few of those bands have made it as far as they have. But um, I'm just waiting for that resurgence. And like, obviously, we're seeing a lot of it now with Machine Gun Kelly, Kenny Hoopla, um, um, uh, Mod Son, some other bands who are just becoming mm-hmm. a lot more interested in this pop punk take. You know, whether it be like they're really just pulling from some influences, or they're like AC you know, the, 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 the hype in it and they want to, you know, try and buck the trend or whatever it is they're doing. But um, I think we're definitely about to see another, I won't say American Pie era because, you know, who's going to do that? But it's coming. I, I don't know whatever wave this is. I think it'd be like, what, fifth wave pop punk? Yeah. <laughs> totally cool with me. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Yeah. Last time I had seen it, this like, maybe like amped up about just pop punk was maybe around 2010 when Minnow was coming through and saying, like, you know, defend this shit because why? I don't, I don't know why we're defending it, but we are. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that's been, like, super helpful that my brother is, like, he's not really into, like, pop punk or anything like that, but he was saying, like, on TikTok, like, kids, it's, like, a huge, huge resurgence on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yep. TikTok well, is a whole I think thing. A lot of people like to get into the whole uh, uh, alt, 
phase you know mm-hmm. like i feel like i'm so old saying that like mm-hmm. oh like what is that i don't understand that i just grade uh, in that sentence <laughs> yeah but like all like you know uh like you know the emo and the the e-girl and e-boy like yeah. dressing and all that stuff and uh you know that's all like very much come back and you know uh kids are dressing like kurt cobain now and stuff yeah. and it, it's funny because it's like the people i feel like the people writing the music don't look like that nah. but like their fans look like that yeah. and I, I think it's, it's a funny uh you know disjointed disjointedness i guess is the word yeah. uh but at the same time it's like it is really like coming back and, and building up. And I think that's so cool that it, it's, it's also like coming from like Gen Z, which, you know, like that's, uh, I have a little sister and like, that's her era. And so it's funny cause she's been listening to a lot of the music I have. And I'll see like when we're driving in the car, she'll like, you know, save some of the music that I'm playing. I'm like, Oh, you like these guys? Oh, this is uh you know, fucking like settle your scores or the, you know, this is the wonder years. Yeah. Like you go study up on that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And you know, it's, it's, um, I don't even want to say it's hard to accept, but like, you think you said it best, like, this is just the gen, this is the next version of it. You know, I, I didn't want to give like a certain like title to it, but like this music obviously keeps growing and it's one of the mm-hmm. genres that's probably here to say for a very long time because I mean, it's so inclusive. Yeah. And you youthful too. I think it's, uh, you know, and there's a lot of new blood being injected into, yeah. uh, I, I hate this word, but the scene, you know, but like it, I, it being injected into pop punk, I think, you know, yeah. uh, like bands like, uh, I was just talking about this with, uh, Will Carey from uh, Will. between awesome and disaster. Yeah. He was just talking about you guys. Too. Wow. Um, oh, man, but, political dude. And I listened to the interview about uh, with Seb Barlow. Actually, fun. Uh, oh, side yeah, note yeah. Too. yeah, so that, that's like that really completed the whole goalkeeper thing. That was that was amazing, that man. Was uh, yeah, He's a but yeah, what was I saying? Like, meet me at the altar. Mm-hmm. The, those kids are they're kids, and they're doing well. Um, yeah, uh, band band that we played with, Planet Mercury. They're that's they're probably five cool. years younger than us, I think, and are just kicking ass right now. And yeah. like have been doing that actually for a very long time. Like their, their like hit single was released like years ago when they were, you know, probably not even 21. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if I'm not mistaken, and I could be, but I don't think I am. We played with them in Rhode Island on our gold route tour, uh, planet Mercury rather. Um, and, then, and then we played uh, in Philly with you guys. Right. They opened that night at the yeah. G spot. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Jeez. I was just saying last night on that interview with Will, I said I didn't understand the gravity of it yet because I, I've been so out of the loop on like pop punk. Like I discovered the Wonder Years uh, after I got graduated college four years ago. So like and that's then I how shoved them down his throat. Like you know everything about them before you play a show with us. I, I studied up when we went to Philly that weekend, but yeah, I didn't understand like the gravity of how talented everybody was in that basement that night like we're talking midfield goalkeeper uh real talk we're talking uh moment to capitalize planet mercury like yeah. all those bands are doing super well and it's, so it's just crazy and then there was avery like, avello out there on his own level yeah yeah <laughs> he's like he's like uh i'll play this i'll play these pop punk uh beats for now but one day i'll be shredding and melting all your faces <laughs> yeah so um, there's a lot of like young talented people out there and yeah. i think it's only a matter of time till if you know they that i think you know this quarantine has given us or just this time away it's just you know a better idea of what it means to like 
truly like see everybody, hear everybody, yeah. understand that what we do here as musicians and as, as people in general is just it just create an environment that's safe, open, and just looking kick ass for everybody. Because the idea is just, you know, to be able to put yourself out there. And that's what we said earlier. Um, when you're writing your stuff and you, you, you're putting yourself out there, you know, people relate to that in a really honest way. You know, so 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 for, for so many years, people may have thought like, hey, I can't put myself out there. I don't fit to this T, to what this scene needs, you know. And I think we have seen in this past year just a huge buck against any of that kind of nonsense. It's like any barriers that are here get rid of any shit that you might think that like you're better get your ego out of here. There's no point of any of that. And like, I think everyone now feels like we have this free for all the scene is for everybody, which it always has been. And, you know, I think when shows start coming back, you're going to see a, a very different audience out there, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. And that's a great point. I think we're, we're in kind of another, uh, it's definitely not as heavy hitting yet as it was, but like that whole era where you had kind of that big four with like man overboard, real friends, um, story so far and wonder years, uh, where it's like, Hey, you're weird. I'm weird. Like, let's, let's enjoy this, this concert here. And so I think it's like, we're well past those years of like, you have to be a a ripped black haired, like all leather wearing rock and roll dude that only plays Gibson Les Pauls to yeah. be like cool and <laughs> to be like eyes. me, a fucking like looks like all my favorite word enhancer is bro and would be drinking you under the table as a frat boy. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Singing these emo songs about how I hate my family. Because <laughs> I think there was like a weird sort of uh, uh, like bell curve with the internet where like early internet we see like a lot of honesty and there's all the you know these people like you know that that big four sort of era and then it gets up to like oh well you only you have to be doing things this way Mm -hmm. uh you know if not you're a nobody and if you don't look this way you're nobody and if you're not sounding this way you're nobody but then i think now we've gotten back to another point of honesty where it's like uh interestingly enough i think like tiktok as you know any social media has had a big presence in it where um being disgenuine works sometimes like you know showing like my life is so cool and shit like that but for like our specific our music specifically just Mm -hmm. dudes being goofy and honest and and real about themselves and like you know we're we're all just regular dudes like that's how you start off you know in music too and like showing that side i think it, it's resonated with everybody else because 90% of the people are like that. Like, you know, they're just normal people who enjoy music and we're normal people who enjoy playing music. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, something that you, you, uh, you mentioned, it's a good point is this idea of like disingenuine things that you do to, to, to show people to, to, I don't know, gain clout, whatever that is that people yeah. do. I think, I think um, especially in our genre, we, we, place value on just being yourself which is awesome because that just opens so many facets to to just experience and different types of people and different types of things that you 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 haven't experienced yet and we we have this awesome opportunity with the music that we play that that people want to see you know the realest version of you because that's what you should be giving when you're on stage and if you're performing 
want people to, to 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 really understand you know your emotional background to the song and like hopefully hopefully you know you made that connection with them and then they come back to the merch mm-hmm. table and they talk to you and you say like dude this song really made me feel like somebody understood how i'm feeling and like that's that's the biggest thing make connections with everybody you possibly can you know do your job in this like universe and make somebody else feel better about themselves you know just just be nice be happy i just yeah be happy it's it's a big emotional connection uh you know the music almost comes secondary sometimes Mm -hmm. agreed yeah and just you know it's 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 nice that music can be the vessel yeah yeah that music hey music can make you feel all different types of ways and i think that's incredible music got us here i mean i'm talking to yeah these miles away that we literally said we have never talked in person before so here we are on a wednesday night i i've lost a track it's about half past a freckle yeah yeah absolutely that's what my wife yeah. did too <laughs> that's what yeah that's that's what time zone mindset too <laughs> but um yeah, man. So I think we're we're coming up on time, and so we do have a few questions that we leave at the end of it for all of our guests. This is where you talk so, about how great Rolling Rock is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so part one is uh, just want you to shout out a few bands, um, you know, that are either in your local area, or bands that you played with, just bands that you think everybody should know about. And then part two of this question, uh, totally unrelated, but just name a beer of the week. Nice. Um, rolling rock rolling rock right um so the bands that i would say local i always like to say friend circle first they're um literally so local to me because uh dom their guitarist lives in like millville which is like 30 minutes from me maybe so um definitely love those dudes super super unique sound um also on the same label uh so that helps (laughs) but um yeah yeah, friend circle is really awesome i really like um you know one life to lead they're uh they're, they're Basis, I think he plays bass. Uh, his name is Casey. He he does a lot of photos for us. He's like the coolest dude on the planet. And uh, and, and that band, they're awesome. They've got such a tight rock sound. I love them. Um, so definitely check out One Left to Lead. I like Action Adventure. I think they're from Connecticut. Or I just talked to them. Yeah. No. Awesome, dude. Great music. Love they're from uh, around Chicago. Oh, is that it? Okay. Yeah. I'm going different ways. <laughs> but um, yeah, I do. I, I definitely dig them a lot. They're really, really cool. Um, I don't think of anybody else. Dude, I'm super bad with things off the top of my head. Listen to Goalkeeper. Have we talked about Goalkeeper? Yeah, listen. Uh, have we have we talked about them yet? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I heard I think... there's a, a very coveted trilogy of getting to talk to all three of them. Yeah, and when you do, you get that little Xbox achievement unlock thing that yeah, yeah we have uh what's the obelisk the tormentor we have uh goalkeeper the uh the goalkeeper yeah <laughs> yeah and when you get to talk to all three of us little thing pops up and then like a yingling just kind of pops down <laughs> i'm like staring out a window and smeagol's like beating out like those are mine that's my precious <laughs> and um uh, if i had to pick a beer for the week um the be the beer would be i think it's called kate uh, may key lime corrosion it's a local to Cape May. Ryan is from Cape May. Yeah, County. I was just gonna say. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're um very good. Awesome, man. Yeah. And so uh let's get your closing thought 
Um, tell everybody where they can hear this uh, reimagined mm-hmm. version of Black and Blue and where they can see it because I know there's also an accompanying video. Yes, there is. Um, <clears throat> if you'd like to see Ryan's amazing long locks for the first time uh, in video um, in cinematic quality, you should go to our YouTube and, and check out um, the Black and Blue Reimagined. It's literally Goalkeeper Band, I think, on YouTube. So no missing out there um definitely looks beautiful um casey who i mentioned earlier does the photos for us and his buddy tim from syndicate row awesome job knocking out that video that's the prettiest i've ever looked in my life (laughs) you know (laughs) that's all because of them you can check out just the music the audio um of black and blue reimagined spotify on apple music um Amazon Music, if people use it. I don't know who uses that, but there's a small yeah. percentage of people out there. Anyways, you can find it there. When is it drop? It's dropping the 9th? The 9th. And if this April 9th. Yeah, I think this might drop after April 9th. So if this is April, after April 9th, like, congratulations, go listen now. If it's before, come back, please. <laughs> you know? But um, check it out if you can. You know, I think uh, we actually have this episode set up to be dropping on the ninth. On the ninth, yeah. So so it, that's yeah. Mark, you can thank Mark for that. Yeah, no, Mark is really good with that kind of stuff. He like makes sure like we do things effectively. <laughs> He's really good at efficiency. Um, yeah. So if it dropped today, today's the release day. Go share it with everybody. Like, yeah, if you're listening you and you everybody, if and you haven't listened to the song. Um, I just don't know what to say to you. I have nothing nice to say to you. So. <laughs> you done fucked up is what we're yeah. going to say. Yeah. Oh, this End this process. episode. Yeah. Go watch the video. Go listen to it. Save save the music on Spotify to your library so that you can access it much easier the next time you open up your Spotify app. People, I am telling you this no. from experience as a seasoned Spotify user circa 2015. Wow. Just do it. Adam, any thoughts? <laughs> uh, you know, I I had something, and then like, I like quiet burped, and I was like, oh man, I quiet burped. That's so that's that's I guess that's my final thought. Yeah. So if you just, uh, just want to quiet you know? burp and listen to Black Blue Reimagined, that's basically the only nonsense I need. Right. Exactly. Oh, uh, but I can tell you, I can tell you from experience, you won't be disappointed. Yeah. Out now today on Lost Music Collective. That's the one. Nice. All right, man. Well, Cody, thank you so much again for joining. It was fine. It's nice getting to finally meet you, and uh, also, you know, collect the last card of the uh, deck that is goalkeeper. Mm. And so, um, yeah, man, uh, I'm gonna go uh, make fun of Mark for the lacrosse tattoo idea. And uh, I did not forget that. <laughs> I was just about to remind you. Literally nice to come out of my mouth. I was like, make sure you talk. Do you have like a picture of like him with his back to us with his shirt off? Because Avery's pretty badass with Photoshop. Yeah, I don't know. If I find it, I'm going to have to send it your way. We're gonna yeah. let's, let's not tell him. Uh, and let's do it before the ninth. And we'll just like ha- find a photo of him playing live and just put it on there and yeah. tweet at him with no other text. Yep. We'll make it. We'll make it the the photo for this episode. You guys are really making a dream come true of mine. So, thank <laughs> you very much. <laughs> you got it, man. We'll beat that horse to death. We. <laughs> All right. All right, brother. Well, Will you be well? And uh, man, I hope it's not too long before we get to play a show yeah. with you guys. Fingers crossed, man. Great job, guys.
Have a good night, man. Alright, see you guys. Have a good night. Everything's changed.